0: all right everybody welcome to a very special crossover episode of locked on avalanche and locked on blues uh i think it's better doing it this way one game after uh, the series has started so we can kind of
1: after we lose <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what let's just get it going from there why not
1: your locked on avalanche your daily podcast on the colorado avalanche Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked On Podcasts. And we have a crossover episode today, Locked On Avalanche with myself, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. And we are crossing over with our second round opponent, the St. Louis Blues. One half. Of the crew over there at Locked On Blues, Mister Thomas Welch is here today, uh, guys. Uh, we have one game in the books, and I, like I said in the intro, like I, I kind of like that we're doing this uh, after one game has been played, and, you know, instead of before, and we're kind of all guessing. Now we have like something to go on for both teams, and for the, you know the team that that won, it's overreaction city, and everything is awesome, and for the team that lost it's overreaction city and everything is like, you know, the worst thing in the world. So uh, Thomas, thank you for, uh, for doing this. It's been a little while since we've done a crossover. So uh, it's good to see blues land basically here today.
1: Yeah. I appreciate (laughs) you guys having me. Obviously Uh, I know locked on blues. Listeners are going to appreciate this crossover as well, just to hear a different side of, uh, you know, Mm because we can't always go like full rainbows when our team's doing good or uh, full negative, obviously, uh, right. when your team gets <clears throat> uh, decimated in the first game. But uh, I, mean, I, yeah, it's a, just a nice, it's a nice look uh, from the other side, kind of see what's going on. So yeah. it should be a lot of fun.
0: And we're starting a new show. I don't know when it's going to be uh, started, but it's going to be locked, locked on uh, pop vinyls. Is the, <laughs> yeah. the next show that we're <laughs> love, locked love them,
2: locked on Funko. Well,
0: yeah. Uh, so. What what's it like in, in, in blues land right now after game one? You know, it, it, it was, I mean, you say like it, they were decimated and the avalanche, you know, we all watched it. They were in control for most of it, but the blues were not. I mean, the, the game went to overtime. So you owe, oh, it doesn't matter how bad you're playing or how much, you know, one team is controlling the action. You go to overtime. Clearly anything can happen. And, you know, we all know how it ended, but, what is the, the vibe in, uh, in Bluesland after game one?
1: So I'll, I'll tell you what. And I feel like it's, it's always the case with any playoff game, right? It's like most of the time when you lose a playoff game, there's going to be one side where it's just full scorched earth, like this team is never going to win again. It's Colorado Avalanche, never beat them in the playoffs. It's nightmare scenario, abs in four. And then there's another side where it's a little bit more positive and it's like, okay, we, the Blues didn't really get to their game And we still took them to overtime. Jordan Bennington looks like 2019 Jordan Bennington. And really the only skater that played up to his potential was Ryan O'Reilly. And we still have 920 goal scorers on this team that haven't fully tapped in their full potential. It's a long series, blues and seven kind of thing. So I'm kind of in the middle right now. I agree with some sides, uh, some thoughts from one side and thoughts from the other side. But um, yeah, trying to stay even keel as much as possible. I want this team to... uh, Surprise me. Go ahead, go.
2: Yeah, because we we were talking on our show, like, the Blues are kind of scary with how they play and how they are positioned. And, like, the forward depth, as you mentioned, like 20-goal scores alone, like, it matches up great with the Avalanche. And I think it took Avalanche fans by surprise on how dominant Colorado came out in Game 1. And, of course, you had we talked about the knee-jerk reactions where everybody's now, like, absent four. We got this baby. Like, mm. but... Honestly, it was kind of a shock and a surprise, even with how Bennington was playing. Um, how do you, like, did you feel like this was a possibility, like, that, the, that Colorado could continue with how St. Louis is built? Because with Ryan O'Reilly really being the only star, and you mentioned everybody else not really tapping into that, like, did you expect a little bit more, especially how you performed against Minnesota?
1: Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me and why I was mostly disappointed. Like I, I even I was even telling my girlfriend like going into the game I'm like I'm not expecting a win. Like the Avs are obviously loaded and an absolute wagon. Like I mean the media can't get enough of you guys and rightfully so. You've got all the talent in the world. Like hats off to you, right? But um and and like even going into this like I like, I don't want to lose against the Wild. We've had their number. If our season ends against the Avs like I'm not going to be absolutely torn apart and you know disappointed in this team for getting beat by arguably on paper a better team but i do think they stack up that the Blues stack up um against the avalanche a lot better than some people in the media give them credit for and like the 20 goal scores is a uh is a testament to that but i think the biggest takeaway from me was i don't feel like the blues got to their game or played uh the way that they're capable of and i think it is honestly probably their worst game of the playoffs so far. Uh, So going into game two, I I know that the blues uh, view these road games as an opportunity, right? Like obviously they didn't get home ice. Uh, I don't think that they're worried about that. I think they like trying to split the first two games and then going home and trying to win both of them to get, you know, obviously up three games in the series. That's huge. Um, So I don't think it's time to panic yet as, a lot of Blues fans will tell you and some other Blues fans will tell you you're absolutely wrong. Uh, and I like that the uh, Craig Berube made adjustments with the Minnesota Wild. He brought in uh, Jordan Bennington, which was very controversial at the time considering how well Billy Husso played to get you to this point. Uh, he also shuffled the lines around and moved Braden Shen to the top line, which I think was huge in that series as well. So um, for everyone that's saying like this is an absolute mismatch based off of game one, Craig is a great coach. I think one of the most underrated in the league. Uh, biased, obviously, but what are you going to do, right? <laughs> um, he, I, I think he's going to make some substantial adjustments, and he wa- he alluded to one uh, today on one hundred and one ESPN. Um, that said, potentially that the Buchnevich, Tarasenko, and Thomas line would be split up, and that was a huge line going down the stretch. Mm. Uh, for us, and they I think they compiled zero shots on goal last game, which is yeah, I mean the firepower on that line should not happen, so <laughs> you split them up and see what kind of happens there we'll go from there, see what happens I mean, the thing when you
0: are the the team that is does not have the home ice advantage um, in in the series is you you just have to to grab one of those. you know what I mean like the right. avalanche are doing what they are supposed to do, like they are winning on home ice. Uh, we'll see what happens in game two. If they win game two, then it go, obviously goes back to – St. if St. Louis takes care of things, then it gets to all St. Louis has to do is just steal one, and then you just feel good. It's not, it's not your, your – it, it's, it's set in stone that you're going to win it. But who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want going back to your home ice and all you need is that last game to seal the deal? So, no, it, it's one game. That's why they play seven of them. Um, and this is where, you know, the team, when you get, once you get out of the first round and then, you know, the, if the cream starts rising, um, the, the, these are where you get the signs of good teams. All right. St. Louis didn't play their game. Like you kept saying, they didn't play their game. Now let's see them do that. Like, what are the adjustments that need to be made? And then they have to execute it for the avalanche. It's uh, Kyle and I have been saying like, th- this is, this is uh, it's looking like last year to this point, they won the first six games last year. Um, you know, if they, you know, they've won the first five. So we are, n- there's no celebrating going on in avalanche land right now. So as far, you know, and, and we have guys like the avalanche are playing very well. Like, we know what they did in the first round, but there's individual guys, despite them playing very well, there's individual guys that, that really have not, Miko Ranton is standing out in my head.
2: Yeah,
0: um, And I put his jersey over there to maybe like just will him to, to you know, he's not playing Take him in the gear yeah. poorly, but as well as the Avalanche are playing, if he starts playing normal, his normal style that you know he can play, clearly that just makes the Avalanche better and makes life more difficult for the Blues. That's what we want to see. And for you guys, it was, you know, when we did the show right afterwards and I was looking up stats, um, we were talking about Tarasenko. And he was just invisible, invisible. He didn't do anything like that's that's stuff like that needs to turn around. Has have the Blues been doing like when they have during the regular season? If they've gone into a minor funk or anything like that, what was it that brought them out? Was it just the top guys, or you know, uh, hitting on all cylinders again, or it was just their
1: talent just naturally just comes out? I think it's a, it's kind of a combination. Like you'll have maybe not so much as like point production, but like Braden Shen kind of like starting off the next game, just laying the body on guys, right? Like sets the tone for the next game. It's the energy level and that compete. And I think Mm -hmm. um, the veterans do a great job of that. David Perron in particular, Braden Shen in particular, like Ryan O'Reilly in particular, those guys, it's not, like I said, it's not always like putting the puck in the back of the net or having like a highlight reel assist, but it's like, just winning consistent board battles, keeping the puck in the zone, like the compete level, I think is what drives them. And mm. other times it's guys like Robert Thomas, like making a highlight reel play, or like just slinging passes around. Like it looks like he's got eyes in the back of the head. So, um, it don't, it really only takes one domino, one of those players, uh, to kind of come out with that energy. And then all the other guys kind of fall in line in place. And mm. it's just, uh, it's just kind of gravy from there. So they're not
0: relying on that they're that one superstar to get them out. Like they have a lot of guys that can do that for them basically. Yeah,
1: yeah. exactly. And it's like... just, uh, that's something that talked about basically all season, whenever you get it with injuries and all that stuff, it's like next men up mentality, except right now it's the next men up mentality. Isn't because of injuries. It's because just nobody's <laughs> really producing besides Ryan O'Reilly. So mm. someone's got to step up and, um, and insert themselves into that role. And I feel like the blues have a couple of guys that are yeah. capable of doing that and will do that.
0: All right um let's uh let's hear from built bar right now but first we're gonna yeah graphics on the fly that's what we do here at lockdown avalanche boom uh all right built bar you know it you know that kyle loves it uh Mm -hmm. have have you got these these new ones thomas the The puffs yeah
1: yes dude Uh, marshmallowy goodness uh, they're so good uh,
0: well i'm i've never been a marshmallow guy so i i i but for this like i i Concede to my wife; she's the marshmallow aficionado, and according to her, these uh, birthday cake ones are out of control. Kyle, uh, Kyle eats them, and there's like chocolate shavings coming off the side as he's eating them. He's eating them like a wood, like chipper. A wood chipper. Yeah, yep. man, there you go. <laughs> he loves them. Uh, I inhale them. Now there is a brownie batter buff puff. Mm. So, do I have to become like a marshmallow fan because all the like I like birthday cake. I like brownie. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't like brownie batter with raw egg in it? I mean, you can just. Brilliant.
2: It's it's so I'm so stoked for these.
0: We haven't gotten them yet, but uh, we should be getting them soon. And I think this is another limited edition flavor. This one has 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar in the brownie batter puffs. Say that 10 times fast. So head over to built.com. Use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off of the best marshmallow protein infused protein bars that you can find anywhere because there's none. Nobody else makes them built bars. The only one that makes protein infused marshmallows, the things we can do with science. Uh, So go once again, built.com use the promo code locked 15 for 15% off. Once again, that website is built.com. All right. uh, Game two. So we're talking about changes and uh, things that these teams need to do differently. If you're looking at the avalanche, do you, I mean, are are we sitting here saying like, we just have to continue to play that way? Yeah, sure. But you have to assume the blues are going to change things up and try to make life a little bit more difficult for you. The blues. Well, you tell me, Thomas, like. It does. It, it seems like they're similar in the Avalanche in a lot of ways. They have depth. They have good speed. They have good goaltending, um, but they're not physical. That's not like the forefront of their game, correct? And it's not for the Avalanche. If they have to be physical, they will be. What is? Do the Blues have to step that up at all? The the physicality of of the game.
1: Uh, that's, that's a difficult question. Cause I think when the blues were playing the most physical in the playoffs so far, uh, they actually ended up losing against the Minnesota wild. And it wasn't because like, they weren't physical enough. It was because they were over the top physical and chasing hits too much to where the puck was going by them, the counter and odd man rushes. Uh, Minnesota is going to capitalize on that. And I think the abs will too, obviously those are two very high powered offenses. So, mm-hmm. um, I think it's, staying diligent for the blues and not necessarily being physical in the sense that you're going to go out there and put Landis Goggs teeth into the boards or something like that. Um, But it's the compete level and winning those board battles, I think and in the corners and uh, keeping those pucks in and just kind of wanting it more than the guy on the other team next to you, I think is where uh, the blues typically uh, excel in the playoffs I don't think they did well enough in the first game in that regard. And face-offs, too, were not great. Um, so I think those two areas combined will be huge, and I'll expect the Blues to bounce back in that regard. Um, but the biggest thing for me, I feel like like if I'm, if I'm judging both of these teams based on three areas of offense, defense, and goaltending, absolutely without a doubt you can listen back to probably any episode over the course of the season of Locked on Blues – our biggest fear is our defense. I think, if anything, yeah. that's going to be our downfall, right? Because you got all the depth in the world up front. And then either Billy Huso at times this year has looked like just an insane goaltender making highlight real saves. And now Jordan Bennington looks like 2019 goalie uh, that we all know and love. So um, if we get hemmed in the zone for consistent periods of time, uh, that's when I start to sweat a little bit, right? Because Jordan Bennington can only do so much, he can stand on his head all game make 50 saves but you end up still losing three to two in overtime uh so if the Avs want to be successful just hem us in the zone for as long as possible make sure that we can't exit uh defensively and uh you'll probably be good there for the blues i think the key to victory is uh just getting to darcy kemper because i think with the Avs, it's almost similar i don't want to make the comparison to group because i think darcy kemper is a much better goalie uh, than Mm -hmm. philip grubauer but i think your guys' offense is loaded. Like Harlem Globetrotter's loaded. And then you've also got <laughs> this guy named Kale McCarr on defense, who's pretty good at what he does too. And like you yeah. kind of rounded it out well with Manson and Trey Deadline. You've got Gerard pieces there as well. You're mm-hmm. you're better off on defense than the blues are, in my opinion. Um, yeah, that, so that I would say a- the weakest link is goaltending for you guys. So if we can get to Darcy Kemper, then uh, we might spell success for the blues before
0: the, the series started and Kyle and I were kind of previewing it. That that's where we were at. We were saying, you know, the, the depths are, are there's a lot of similarities, but where the abs definitely have the advantage is on the defensive end. Yep. So um, now you, you said, you know, Bennington is kind of looking like uh, the Bennington of 2019. Does it concern you though? I mean, yeah, he, he played well, he made 50 saves or, or, or I don't know, 51 or something like that. But, Abs rang five off the posts, so I look at that as those are shots that beat him, and if you know they're a, an inch in the other direction they're in. Does that concern you that the abs did get at least those shots past him, and luckily for your team, they didn't go in and make the score even maybe a little bit more out of range
1: right that is that's definitely something that I thought about there was a lot of iron um but mm-hmm. I do think. As much as people love to kind of like fall back on this argument and say, like, you know, like post shots don't even count as shots on the score sheet, all of those things, I think like the big key to Jordan Bennington's play and why he's so successful is obviously uh, not just making the first save, but making the second save and the third save sometimes, but also his positioning when he's playing uh, at his best is almost near perfect. So as much as those post shots, when they ring off the pipe, just give you like almost PTSD. Um, I, I do think that those are shots that beat Jordan Bennington, but they're also shots that he has covered positionally. And um I don't know. I, I feel mm. like that's a cop-out answer because they're like, oh, like that puck was never going to go in because it hit the post. And like, he was in his position on that, but I feel like it happens so often mm. for Jordan Bennington. And maybe like, it's kind of a, Similar thing with Mark Andre Fleury too, because he rubs the post so much. Like the, like people hit posts so often on him. Maybe that's perfect positioning. I don't know, but hmm, that's, a good, I, yeah, I, that's, that's interesting. Some like kind of similarities there. So what I'm saying I, is Jordan Bennington's the next Mark Andre Fleury. You can oh. That music, um, <laughs> please, please don't <laughs> hold me to that. But I'm just saying, like uh, <laughs> that's
2: the, the quote tweet for this
0: episode <laughs> yeah, please, right here. No, no I am no. making. I told you I make graphics on the fly. That's that's <laughs> one right there. Yeah. Go ahead, Kyle.
2: Yeah, I did have a another question as well. Like, w- we would be remiss for the Avalanche to be interviewing the Blues without asking, "How's Brandon Saad? He's not returning our texts. Does he miss us? Does he ever talk about us?" <laughs> no. What What's Brandon Saad been like, uh, like on this roster this year? And he's having a career year. So, what has he brought to the Blues this year? And is he somebody you can rely on in the playoffs?
1: Oh, ab- absolutely! I think I think Brandon Saad has been kind of everything you could ask for from the guy—from uh, leadership to scoring to production. Uh, to even like defensively, he's been sound. But I think one of the biggest struggles for the Blues this season, besides just you know like the defense and offensive production, kind of wavered at times. But when the Blues struggle offensively, it's because like well they'll they'll enter like the offensive zone and like try to do all these like flashy plays and right, you know, stuff like that. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. like, that's great. But there's sometimes like if the defense is sound, you got to like just take point shots, get bodies in front of the net and get like grimy goals. And I feel like they're honestly, in my opinion, I don't think there's a better player that's had more grimy goal success for the St. Louis blues this season than Brandon sod. So uh, he's been kind of paving the way in that regard. But I think like, honestly, uh, the, the league kind of sleeps on him because consistently his shooting percentage is way up there with some of the best snipers in the league. So uh, yeah. not only is he scoring grimy goals, but he snipes it as well. So, uh, and uh, I think he said in his, uh, his, his conference before game one, uh, they asked him about like, obviously going up against the Avs and his old team. And mm-hmm. uh, he scored three uh, in the series against the blues last time. So he's like, yeah, I guess I'm like the swinger, right? Like I'm, (laughs) I'm going to swing the momentum in our favor this time. So hopefully Uh, uh, that reigns true for the blues.
2: So he did mention us. Okay. Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. The long winded answer was yes, he did. (laughs) Um, all right, let's hear from Bet Online, and then we'll kind of see where we all think this series is going uh, from here after one game. But BetOnline.net and our partners at on continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or f- or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's BetOnline.net, where the game starts. And reading that uh BetOnline read, I- I- I'm talking about like the NFL and stuff like that, is... Is there more of a hatred from blues fans directed towards avalanche fans because 100%. of, of Kroenke? Like, I, I don't know
1: I, if it's directed towards yeah. Avs fans, but it's absolutely directed towards like Kronky and just the team as Which, a whole. Like it always just feels better beating the Avs knowing that Kroenke is behind, you know, the whole regime. of. Yeah. It. Well, it, and he is,
0: but he's so, I just get the impression. He's so like, he's much more hands off with the yeah. avalanche than he is, you know, with the Rams, obviously. But, um, Not with our Rams, but L.A., yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. But we're just innocent bystanders in all this. Like, we have nothing to do with that. Right. Uh, But I get if there's – a. I think how you said it is probably how I would feel too. Uh, Even though, you know, it's the hockey team, if the Blues, whenever they beat the Avs, there's just that extra added, like, screw Middle finger kind of. Yeah, Yeah. I get it. I get it. Um, All right. So, you know, we kind of talked about how, you know – after, it's game one. It's one game. And, and, you know, on both sides, there's maybe some – you're feeling a certain way if you've won or if you've lost. As far as Avalanche – I should say, as far as Predator fans in, in the first round, so many were coming to our Twitter pages and in our comments section and on YouTube and saying, like, you guys are going to win this. Um, but, you know – we're, we'll give it the old college try, and maybe we can win a game or two, but no predator fans really expected to win it. I think it's a complete opposite. I think blues, blues, blues team, obviously and Blues fans, they're not afraid of the avalanche. You know what I mean? Like they even though the avs had a very good regular season, the Blues finished the regular season very well. So we're getting and I do want to mention this too, because we got some Blues fans uh, prior to game one coming over to our YouTube channel and commenting very nice things. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to like say that. blues fans were, were very nice. I just hope that continues as these games go on, no matter if they win or lose. Uh, but we're all nice people over here. So what what's the, even though it's one game that's out of the way, what was your prediction for this series prior to game one?
1: Um. <sighs> I that's that's tough to say. I think I had blues and seven just because mm. I think kind of what I said earlier, like I think ESPN came out with an article that was like predictions uh, for the as versus blues series. Yes. And it was like 23 writers yeah. pick the abs right out of 27, like just little yeah. things like that. I feel like it remind it just reminds me of 2019 when like it felt like every single matchup along the way, all four rounds, like no one expected the blues to win their series. And this kind of feels like that. And it almost reminds me, too, of um, when we finally beat the Blackhawks with the Troy Brower goal. Like, you know, obviously the Avs have had our number consistently and Jordan Bennington's number consistently. But I think if there was ever a team that could stack up against such a talented team as the Avalanche, it's the one that the Blues have built right now offensively. You know, maybe they could have done a little bit more defensively, but I did like the Nick Letty um, acquisition at the trade deadline. I think he's been huge for us. I didn't like it at the time. There was a lot more chips on the table, but you know, um, sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. He's been <laughs> fantastic for the Blues, especially transitioning out of the defensive zone. So, um, I, I I'd, I'd like to say Blues in seven, um, but you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if it goes six. But I, as much as ABS fans are probably hyped up right now after a game one that looked like they just handled it the whole way, I just I don't see this series going four or five games in either direction.
2: Mm. Hmm. Go, go. That's, inter- uh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I'm still kind of sitting on that abs in five or six mm. because even in that game one, you didn't see the scoring from Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Landeskog, or Miko Rantanen, and you know, it's coming. And I just, I don't feel like that's going to change.
1: Well, let me, uh, when we play Nashville, I, I do think like, obviously Nathan McKinnon just tore us apart. Mm -hmm. last playoff series right but i think the play that i saw in game one from ryan o'reilly i tweeted out that he was the best skater on the ice and probably made a lot of people angry but i i'm still gonna stand by that probably just because i zoned in on the guy but Mm -hmm. i that was some of the best hockey i've ever seen from the dude and he was a con Smythe winner right and like locking Mm -hmm. down Nathan is a huge task but i think he did that in a superb (laughs) way if he does that for a whole series i think that gives the blues a chance well i think you know, when when the Avs played the Predators,
0: um, you got the best that you could could get from them, from the Predators. Yeah. They gave you your best shot, and and you it know, sucks
1: that they didn't have Soros either. That was rough.
0: Without, yes, yeah, so you do have, yeah. you know, you have to pre- preface with that. Yes, definitely, but you it, you just didn't get the feeling that the that the Predators could do anything different to really surprise the Avs and really take that series. Maybe they could sneak out a game or something like that. But after one game between the Avs and the Blues, you, you, you kind of feel like, all right, that... And you were saying it earlier, that, you know, the Blues, they'll come out and look different. The Blues have more to give than than what was shown. So I anticipate something very different in game two. Um, I, the Avs are very difficult to beat at home. So I, I still think this will go kind of like chalk for the first four games, maybe. Um, but I... I think it's just night and day between the as yeah, first round opponent and, and the Predators giving you pretty much all they can show you. And the blues have more than that. So because of that, I do, I think this is, this is a, a minimally a six game series. Um, if I don't know, but, but would it surprise me if it goes seven? No, definitely not. But I think this is going to be a, a good one. And, and you saw it in game one. I mean, it was an entertaining game. Probably not for you. <laughs> well,
2: it would have
1: gone better, it, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, and the blue, <clears throat> the Blues opened up the game with the scoring.
1: Yeah,
2: it's something you like. Like it's forgotten about in the narrative of the game, but St. Louis came out there and they scored first. It was one nothing St. Louis going into that intermission, and the blue, uh, the Avalanche came back and scored two unanswered. Um, it's just. Seeing the things you do from Colorado, I would like to see more from St. Louis. That would be like I would love to see more of that what we anticipate with that that grit. And like I remember watching Tarasenko in that Minnesota series and thinking we were going to see a little bit of that. Me too. I would just like to see what pieces cancel each other out and what's left and who's going to score out of what's left. Hmm, good
1: point. Yeah, I agree, and I think, you know, like if the series like does go four games does go five games like I think I'll be disappointed but not because like we lost you know because like I said earlier it's like the abs and like you do what you can right but I think it would be because I, I don't think the Blues really played to their full potential and mm-hmm. granted with the Minnesota Wild I think it took a couple of games for the Blues and like Bruby making adjustments for them to finally get to their game uh, so maybe this is a similar fashion in that regard but I think when you look at both of these teams, I think they were talking about it on spit and chicklets, like uh Whitney said that he thinks whoever wins this series is gonna go on to win the Stanley Cup. I'm kind of I I, I wouldn't be against hopping on that bandwagon because both of these teams are loaded. So I think when it comes down to it, just as a hockey fan's perspective, not as a blues fan, not as an Avs fan, this series deserves to go six or seven games, regardless of hmm. who comes on top.
0: Yes. It's true. Um now, rumor was that Blues practice today, they took a half hour and worked on uh, the proper way to smash cameras with your stick in the <laughs> penalty box. I don't know if that's true or not. There's more I effective
2: like... ways to do that. I mean, he was
0: not happy. No, he was, was not, not a I mean, happy man. He's an
1: emotional guy, but like, I mean, that's what you love about him, right? Guy plays with his heart on his sleeve, and yeah. uh, I feel like there's a lot of, Hockey players out there, you know, uh, people play hockey for a lot of things. Braden Shen absolutely plays for the love of the game, and uh, that's what you love about the guy, and that's why he's a leader on the team. So, I'll tell you this do, too,
0: man. I'll tell you this. Uh, last year, what the uh, the Landeskog Braden Shen fight
1: oh it, that was electric. If... <laughs> uh,
0: so our radio broadcaster, Connor McGahey, has been on the show a few times. Um, his call for that was is, is legendary. Uh, it remains to this day my ringtone on my phone.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, those are some, it,
1: and like, it, uh, like, uh, all joking aside, like, that's a heavyweight bout, too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, those are some big dogs like throwing haymakers. So, like, yeah. even if Braden Shen doesn't come out victorious in that one, like, still got to tip your hat to the dude for even dropping him with Landis God. Like, and speaking of, power that, to you.
0: and speaking of, you know, dissension between the two teams, obviously, the stuff with Nazem Kadri last year, um, blues fans still hold an edge over kadri because of that or or you know they had it out in the regular season on multiple games like they 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 hashed it out on the ice is that now in the past or is that still something like you know is, is Nazem kadri now up there with like stan cronky uh, he's
1: not up Benz. there with stan cronky but <laughs> blues blues fans definitely still do hold that against kadri uh and i'll preface that by saying kadri had a unbelievable season uh mm. i had him on my fantasy team for a little bit and i dropped him for somebody else way too early in the season uh and then he just oh. went absolutely insane on somebody mm. else's yeah. team did, so did, that was brutal, did you
0: lose but... did you lose your season yeah yeah I you did. deserve it yeah. it was rough it
1: was rough <laughs> but I, like i said like he's, he's not up there high on the list of uh favorite right. hockey players for yeah, i get it. uh st louis blues fans but they asked justin falk about it uh before game one they said do you have any like thoughts about Zem Kadri, uh, and he said, yeah, he's a good hockey player, so I think uh took the high you know, road. Yeah, take the high road. Let bygones be bygones. Go out there and play some hockey. That's what now he did. He do,
0: is so. an unrestricted free agent. St. Louis is going to come sniffing around for our,
1: our Nas, <laughs> or what? do not. No? We, we barely have enough cap space for our own guys, so I'll be <laughs> worried about uh, trying to bring Billy Huso back before anything else. Because they brought As, in you,
2: as you should.
1: But,
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, they brought in Krug after that that hit from uh, the Boston series. So, so I mean, maybe they have something against or not against, but for these guys, like we can't have them hitting our guys anymore. Let's bring them in. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't (laughs) don't know what the blues cap situation is. If you say it's bad, it's, it's bad. I think a lot of teams are in that situation.
1: Yeah. It's up there to the teeth for sure.
0: Um, And, and quickly. Yeah. I know Bennington is, is your goalie right now, but you Kyle just mentioned, I mean, I don't want to call him your backup, but what, what is is there a short leash on Bennington?
1: Uh, that's a, that's a that's a tough question. Mm. I think, I think it depends how he specifically plays, right? Because like, let's say, like last game he lets in like five, right? But he's standing on his head the whole time, making those acrobatic saves. I mean, you guys had fifty plus shots on goal. Like defense kind of hangs you out to dry there. You can't really fault yeah. the goalie for that. But that being said, if he goes out there in game two, uh, makes twenty saves and lets in five from that point, and a lot of them are like you know, softies or perimeter shots, then given uh, his record and his stats against the Colorado avalanche in the past, which I think uh, he has like a, uh, a save percentage under 900. So it's not great. And obviously like, you know, there's a lot of games. There's a lot of things that go into that, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Billy Huso in this series at some point. Is that, does that mean it's going to happen? Yeah. You know, you never know, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does come in and they make that change.
2: Right. Yeah, I'm a Ville Huso stand, and I I kept telling Avalanche fans, you don't want to chase Bennington early and then get Huso in there because it's not going to get better.
1: <laughs> it's a two headed dragon for sure. It's it really almost is. Like, uh, it's almost like similar to when we had Jake Allen and yeah. Jordan Bennington too. Like the Blues just love having a one A and one B goalie, and it's times like this that it pays off because everyone like Blues fans were so ready to just. I mean, they were talking about like trading Bennington at The deadline and trying to move that whole contract, and um, you know, obviously he's playing lights out right now. So, what's
0: he got left on his contract? What is it?
1: I think it's five years, something like that. He oh, wow. signed a six by six, so I don't know how many years he has okay. left, but all
0: right, yeah, Oof. all right. Well, <laughs> Kyle's laughing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and how old, he he? how old is he? How old has been? He been?
1: Uh, he's older cuz he came up late like in his career yeah. like he wasn't like a young dude. I think he's like 26 or 28 something. Oh, like that. okay. He's a little all bit right, older. Right. That's not horrible. He's not old right. by goalie standards obviously, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. All he's right. not like a prospect or...
0: All right. Well, um game 2 is uh, Thursday. So I I think uh, when when the Avalanche played game 1 against the Predators and and really stuck it to them, we were thinking like uh, we'll see how game 2 goes maybe you always think that the team that lost like that is going to change things up it happened a little bit it was a tighter game in game 2 but i am really looking forward to seeing this game too because it's it it it, it could have it could have the avalanche they're playing the same exact way and those pucks that got past anything go in uh it could be the blues change their defensive scheme somehow and don't let up 50 plus goals on net or shots on net I don't know. This thing could literally go anywhere, and you're going to get this game to game to game because it's going to be a chess match, I think, for the duration of this series. I'm really looking forward to it. So, uh, Thomas, uh, why don't you throw out there where our Avalanche fans can go follow
1: your blues show because they definitely should go listen to it. Yeah, you can check us out at Locked On Blues on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, MySpace, pretty much anywhere you got social media, you can check us out there. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter. I'm there. I usually live tweet games, so uh, if you see something that you'd like to respond to uh, or disagree with, or just you know lay into me as much as possible, because that's what Twitter is for. Uh, you can check me out over there at t welch e r fifteen. My co-host Josh Hyman uh, is at Josh Hyman NHL. So uh, we just. Honestly, at the bare bones of it of it all, we're blues yeah. fans, but we're also a hockey fans. So I'm not going to stop watching hockey just because the blues get knocked out or we win against the Avs, whatever. So we just love engaging <laughs> yeah, yeah. with other hockey fans. So it's a good. Time. What uh,
0: what do you do on TikTok for for your show show page? I don't. I am over the line of, uh, you know, installing TikTok on my phone. I I'm above. Mm. I'm not in that age demographic. That's so fair. Yeah.
1: So most so. of the time it's usually um, so when, when I like look on TikTok, well, I'll see like Twitch clips of like when people post like a 30 second clip of like their Twitch stream and then like plug their mm-hmm. Twitch. So the okay. idea was to just put clips like highlights of our podcast on there right. and then plug our podcast to direct more traffic that way. We don't really post on there that much, so yeah. it's kind of gone out I, the window, but we I do just... have one.
0: I mean, I know like show pages and stuff on Twitter. Obviously, we have that and Instagram. Those all make sense. I'm trying to figure out like what a a, what a podcast can do on TikTok. And maybe this is me uh, just being out of the loop. I
1: don't know. I will say uh, more so than TikTok, our Facebook page has like 600 followers. And there's mm. like a podcast option to put you in like a category of like it makes it a lot easier to find. So if you're oh. looking to uh, add something else to your plate, because I know you're not busy enough. No, um, <laughs> no. I, <have> <laughs> I, I would on. look into that because it's a, it's a lot of fun and it reaches kind of a different demographic than Twitter and Instagram does. Yeah, Facebook is
0: interesting when it comes yeah, to. Uh, hockey, that is true. So
1: they're fiery uh, if
0: anything yeah yeah definitely <laughs> uh, all right well you can definitely go follow thomas and locked on blues and if the blues fans listening want to follow kyle and i LLPN underscore avalanche on twitter and locked on avalanche on instagram and we have our personal accounts you can find mine on the locked on podcast uh profile kyle's is if you're watching on youtube at shaggy von doom that's uh, his twitter handle so um Alright man, I think this is going to be a good series So, uh, you know when Maybe in the off-season When neither of our teams are playing um, And it's all said and done We'll meet up again and do some off-season stuff If you guys are up for that
1: Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun awesome. I look forward to it
0: Alright, well thank you for making this your first listen of the day Always appreciated Go check out Locked On NHL For your second listen Get, up, get caught up on things going on around the league I will do one last check as we are recording uh end of the first end of the first 3 to 1 flames. Wow. Yeah. That's uh okay. That's going to be fun too. <laughs> so, all right guys, thank you for tuning in. It's always appreciated and uh we'll see you guys tomorrow. We'll be wrapping up uh, game number 2. Go Abs go.